take our Bibles and we're going to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number four. The book of Acts and chapter number four. We're going to continue our Gospel of John series. Uh, Lord willing, two weeks from this morning, we end it, I think, in John chapter 12. I think we'll pick up in John chapter 13 then. But I wanted to preach last week on something with regards to missions and giving. And I want to focus our attention this morning uh, to get us focused concerning spending time with the Lord and primarily to help you to see the importance of why we would set aside some time for some revival meetings and what I'm calling extra time with Jesus. And so we're in Acts chapter 4. Follow along as I read. We're going to start here and then we'll look at a couple passages in the New Testament, uh, in the Gospels, uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and as many were as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power, by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole. You see this story in chapter 3, by the way. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. And then the Bible says this in verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts now. We pray you take the word of God and use it to meet needs. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us all to see the importance of spending time with Jesus. Glorify yourself now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. When you spend time with other people, sometimes you can pick up their mannerisms or you can pick up their phrases. Have you ever been accused of hanging around somebody? I remember uh, some while back, and maybe it's still popular now, a dude went around. So everybody was called dude, you know. And so I'd be in the house, and one of the kids would say dude, and I'd say time out. It's dad. It's not dude, right? When you hang around people, you can, by the way, sometimes often you can know kids uh, who their parents are. You're a child of so-and-so. How, yeah, how'd you guess? Because you either look like that someone or you act like that someone or maybe use the phraseologies of that particular someone. When we look at Acts chapter number four, the disciples, primarily I want to focus on Peter, is being accused of what? He's being accused of having spent time with Jesus, the way he talked, the way he acted. Uh, he was being, by the way, obedient to the Lord. 
You remember in Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascended, and Jesus said what? You're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you are to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And what did the disciples do? They took it serious. Acts chapter 2, we see Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter number 4. And as they preach the word of God, as they're obedient, they face resistance. Boy, nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing's changed. You can still face resistance today when you seek to preach Jesus. Why? Because the devil will do what he can to keep God's people from preaching Jesus. But they were bold. Peter was bold. And the Bible says here that when they saw his boldness, they took knowledge, they marveled, and they said, this guy has been with Jesus. But you know what? Peter wasn't born with this reputation. Peter didn't come out of his mother's womb looking and sounding and acting like Jesus. There was something that took place in Peter's life that got Peter to the point of Acts chapter number 4 when he was accused of having been with Jesus. You sound just like Jesus. And I want to look this morning at what took place in Peter's life. And I want to just look at a couple passages of Scripture to remind us that Peter wasn't born looking like Jesus. There is a process that takes place. And when we spend time with Jesus, when we spend time in the Word of God, when we spend time in the church of God, when we spend time with the people of God, the Spirit of God transforms us. He conforms us into His image. And we become like Jesus. So how did it happen in Peter's life? I want you to go back to Luke chapter number 5. Luke chapter number 5. And I want to just give you three very simple truths this morning that I hope will encourage you to spend more time with Jesus and that I hope will encourage you to plan to be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night next week. Now, we will not have services next Wednesday. We will this Wednesday but not next Wednesday. So Sunday night, I mean Sunday day, Monday night, and Tuesday. All right, Luke chapter number five, I want you to see this. I want you to see, first of all, that time with Jesus gives you the right perspective. Time with Jesus gives you the right perspective. Now, we're in Luke chapter number five, and the Bible gives us another story. It came to pass that the people pressed down upon to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing the nets. Now picture this. Jesus is standing by the shore here, and he's talking to the multitude of people, and the people are pressing in, and he turns and he looks, and he sees two boats right here uh, that are docked by the side. And, and Jesus says, hey, the, 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 those that were in the boats, we know this, the fishermen, they're washing their nets, they're all cleaning up. And Jesus says, you know what, I'm going to get in that boat. I'm going to get in one of the boats. And so uh, the Bible tells us in verse 3, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And so he says, boy, uh, I'm going to get out here, and I'm going to be in the water, and I'm going to sit down. And you ought to picture this. He's on this boat, and he's now teaching the masses. He's teaching the crowds. And then the Bible tells us this. When he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Simon is pretty, pretty, you know, pretty good fisherman. 
And Simon had spent his life catching fish. Simon kind of felt like he knew what he was talking about. And so he decides, well, I got to give the Lord a little bit of information. I got you to know, Lord, that the fish aren't biting right now. As a matter of fact, they bite better at night than they do during the day. And uh, they're not biting right now. And I just want you to know we've been out all night and we came back and we washed our nets and we didn't catch anything. Now, I'm thankful for Simon's obedience. I'm thankful that he's willing to obey the Lord. He said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Sometimes we stop in our Christian life with it can't be done. Sometimes we say, you know what? I've tried it. I've tried it. I've tried it. And it can't be done. <laughs> well, Jesus is saying to Peter, it don't matter what happened last night. Cast, get, get, get in the boat and let's, let's go forward. And Peter, because of his word, says, I'll do it. The Bible says in verse 6, when they had thus done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partner, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships that they began to sink. So they're like, hey, go get that other boat. Get over here. And they fill both sinks. And now I want you to see what happens in verse 8. Then Simon Peter saw it and fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. What do we see here? We see Simon's perspective about himself changing. Because of his interaction with the Lord Jesus, because of what the Lord Jesus showed him in his own life, he comes and Jesus didn't, I mean, maybe he did preach about pride. We don't know. But what made it happen for Peter is when Peter saw the divine, omnipotent God, when he saw him perform this miracle, Peter recognizes there's something about him that I don't have. And Peter finds himself bowing before him and saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. We have a tendency sometimes to have the wrong perspective of ourselves. We have a tendency to think, well, I'm, I'm better than, than maybe other people, or I'm, I'm not that bad of a person. If you ever tried to, to knock on somebody's door and tell them, hey, you need Jesus, and with some you have to convince them that they're a sinner. I'm fine. I'll be okay. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't done anything that bad. Our perspective of ourselves sometimes is so inflated. When I was a Bible college student, we had an extension, and we would go into uh, extension was basically opportunity to go out in the community and serve. And we would go to a, a nursing home on a weekly basis. And when we went to the nursing home, we always visit the same people. We tried to visit some new people. There's a fellow in there by the name of Mr. Browning. And he was in there for a long time, sat in a wheelchair. And uh, we always went and saw Mr. Browning. I'm sure Mr. Browning's in heaven. He has to be or he'd be about 100 and I don't know what. But anyway, he was an older fellow. But he always told us the same thing. He always said, I, I like the Bob Jones boys. And then he always said this. You know, the Bible says, don't think higher of yourself than you ought to think. He gave us the same verse every week. The same verse. Why? Because we have a tendency to think higher of ourselves. And when we get with Jesus, when we, when we see him and we see his holiness and we see who he is, it helps us to have the right perspective about ourselves. Spending time with Jesus, God speaks to you through his word. It's the foolishness of preaching that God uses. The spirit of God will take truth 
and show us himself. And you know, probably for all of us, going to the doctor isn't the funnest thing. I know some go more than others. (laughs) It's probably not the funnest thing, but do you know what? If you can get into the doctor early enough, often you can prevent something from maybe needing surgery. Maybe it's just a few minor changes here. We have a tendency to, to wait, don't we? We have a tendency to wait until our whole face is throbbing to go into the dentist and say, hey, God, you know, have this, fill this cavity. And the dentist says, no, I'm going to pull two teeth. I could have filled the cavities back a few months ago had you been here, but now I'm just going to pull the teeth out, and it becomes a bigger situation, right? We have a tendency, not just when it comes to doctors and when it comes to dentists, we have a tendency when it comes to our own spiritual life. We have a tendency sometimes to, to not get things right when we know that something's not right. We have a tendency, again, to have the wrong perspective of ourselves, to think, hey, I can handle this. I can handle a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And what happens? It becomes a bigger, bigger issue. Peter had the wrong perspective about himself. He thought a little higher of himself than he should have thought And this encounter with Jesus humbles him. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man, Lord. Time with Jesus is important. It's important, by the way, I think, for every believer to spend time with the Lord every day. I think it's important for us to get up in the morning. I know you can argue the evening or afternoon, and I'll give you the afternoon or evening. That's totally fine. If you want to put your armor on and climb into bed, that's perfectly fine. Okay. Hopefully you won't have a nightmare and the armor comes off. All right. I think it's important that we spend time in God's word every day. Why would we as a church set aside some time? By the way, our spring meetings got canceled with Brother Ingram because of COVID. Uh, why would we set time as a, as a church, set time, extra time aside to, to be with Jesus? Because when we spend time with Jesus, it changes our perspective. I want you to see secondly, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 16. We'll see another encounter that the Lord has with Peter in Matthew chapter number 16. Jesus is preaching and, and, and Jesus is talking concerning his church and in verse 13 of Matthew 16 Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi and he asked the disciples whom do men say that I the son of man am they said some say thou art John the Baptist some Elias and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets and he said to them but whom say ye that I am now Peter gets an A right here and Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Verse 18, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he the disciples that... They should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. All right, so Jesus is spending time with his disciples. He's trying to help them. He's trying to disciple them. He's trying to teach them truth. And he says, who do, who do people say I am? And, and they say a prophet or this and that. And Peter says, uh, uh, you're the Christ, the son of God. 
Wonderful. And Jesus begins then to say, well, I've got to tell the disciples the, the news. I've got to tell them now that I'm going to a cross. I've got to tell them now that I'm going to die and I'm going to be persecuted. And he begins to tell his disciples that. And Peter has an issue. The Bible says, Peter, verse 22, took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Peter gets an F now with this assignment, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God and those that be of men. Then Jesus said unto the disciples, Maybe will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what, shall it, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I want you to see number two, time with Jesus gives you not just the right perspective, but it gives you the right priorities. Why did Jesus came, come? The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to die on a cross. His number one priority was what? To do the will of the Father. It was to provide salvation for all of mankind. Peter was thinking in a very human way. He had been with Jesus. He had walked with Jesus. He had heard Jesus talk. He had seen Jesus do miracles. And then Jesus says, well, I want you all to know that I'm going to die on a cross. They're going to take me and persecute me, and I'm going to die on a cross. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 time out. That's not happening to you. I'm not going to let that happen to you. And Jesus is strong in his rebuke to Peter. Why? Because Peter wasn't thinking in a proper way. He wasn't thinking about what really mattered. He wasn't thinking, can we say it this way, the big picture. His priority was just the here and now. If we could talk to Peter now, I know he's in heaven, right? If we could talk to Peter now, what do you think he'd say? I think he'd say, man, I was really wrong. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I was wrong. And I'm so glad that Jesus died on the cross to, to provide salvation and, and forgiveness of sins. But see, his priorities were wrong. He was thinking earthly. He was thinking selfishly. He wasn't thinking big picture. And do you know what? Sometimes it's very easy for us to be driven by the here and the now. It is very easy for us to align our priorities with really what is temporal with what really doesn't matter. And do you know what? When I spend time with Jesus, Jesus helps me to prioritize. Jesus helps me to see the things that are, that are most important. He says this in, in, verse, uh, in verse 26, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? There are many people that are living to gain the whole world. They've got money, they've got popularity, they've got fame, they've got everything that the world says that they need. And by the way, they're not happy. The Bible says there's no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. There's an emptiness still inside their soul that Jesus can only fill. Our priorities sometimes are out of whack. I read about an airline passenger who was very nervous and he began pacing the terminal when the bad weather delayed his flight during his walk he came across a life insurance machine 
had offered $100,000 in the event of an untimely death aboard his flight. Now, this is just a joke, so don't be thinking, wait a minute, a life insurance machine? The policy was just $3. So he looked out the window at the clouds and thought of his family at home, and for that price, he said it's foolish not to buy life insurance, and so he took out the coverage. He then looked for a place to eat. Airports have lots of good places to eat, and so he settled on his favorite, Chinese. It was a relaxing meal until he opened his fortune cookie. It read, your investment will pay big dividends. (laughs) Our priorities, (laughs) sometimes our priorities need shifted. They need changed. Brooke Adams, who was the son of, or actually, yes, Charles Adams was the son of President John Adams and grandson of President John Adams. Wait, Charles Francis Adams, the son of President John Quincy Adams and grandson of President John Adams. There you go, got it right. Kept a diary. Uh, One day he entered, went fishing with my son today, a day wasted. His son, Brooke Adams, also kept a diary, which is still in existence. On that same day, Brooke Adams made this entry. Went fishing with my father, the most wonderful day of my life. The father thought he was wasting time while fishing with his son, but his son saw it as an investment of time. And sometimes we align our priorities a little bit differently than God would have our priorities to be. Peter was thinking so human. He was thinking so here and now. And Jesus was thinking, I'm going to die and I'm going to save the whole, I'm going to die and provide salvation for the whole world. Time with Jesus time with Jesus. The Apostle Paul had it right when he lived to please the Lord and he said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. What do I want to do? I want to finish my course. I want to finish the course that God gave me to do. Time with Jesus gives us the right perspective. It gives us the right priorities. But I want you to see number three. Turn to John 21. And I want you to see, lastly, that time with Jesus gives you the right purpose. It gives you the right purpose for your life. In John chapter 21, Peter denied the Lord, and the Lord is going to restore Peter here in this chapter. And they're they're by the lake, the Bible says. He shows himself again to them. They're at the Sea of Tiberias, verse 2. Simon's there, Thomas is there. Nathaniel's there, James and John are there, two other disciples. And Simon says to them all, I'm going fishing. I go a fishing. What did Jesus tell Simon in Luke 5? Do you remember what Jesus told Simon? Exactly. Hey, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. You ain't going to be fishing for fish. You're going to be fishing for men. And in John 21, Jesus said, Peter says, I'm going fishing. And by the way, Peter's desire to go fishing to kind of quit affects everybody else. They say, well, I guess we're going to go with thee. That's what it says. We also go with thee. They get into the ship. They don't catch anything. The morning comes. Jesus is on the shore. <clears throat> they didn't know it was Jesus, and Jesus calls out to them, Children, have you any meat? No. Cast the net on the right side of the ship. They, they obeyed him, and they found a whole bunch of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said, It's the Lord. Now remember, Peter obviously had denied the Lord and denied him big time. And the Bible says that Peter, obviously, he meets the Lord. And the Bible says in verse 11, he drew the net to the land full of great fish, 
And then Jesus deals with Peter in verse number 15. He says to him, Peter, Simon, verse 15, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said, yeah, Lord, I love you. He says, feed my lambs. He says to him a second time, Simon, lovest thou me? He says to him, yes, you know, I love thee. Feed my sheep. He says to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. He said three times, and he said, Lord, uh, thou knowest all things. You know that I love thee. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. What's Jesus doing here? Can we say it this way? He's refocusing Peter for the purpose that he had called him for. Peter, Luke 5, you're no longer going to catch fish. You're going to catch men. You're going to be a fisher of men. John 21, I'm a failure. I can't do this. I, I deny the Lord. I can't do this. I'm going fishing, guys. All right, we're going with you. Jesus comes to Peter. Peter, I want you to feed my lambs. Peter, I want you to be about people. Peter, I want you to be about meeting the needs of people and helping people to understand that Jesus saves. By the way, we won't take a lot of time here, but I, I, I love that Jesus dealt with Peter's love. There's a million things Jesus could have dealt with, but really it was a matter of his love for the Lord. It was a matter of Peter's heart. What was his purpose? His purpose was to be reaching people. His purpose was to be helping people. Why did God leave us here when we got saved? He could have brought us straight to heaven. But he left us here for a purpose. His purpose is good and acceptable and perfect. And sometimes there are things that come into our lives that get, get us off track, that, that cause us to, to, to get off the purpose that we're supposed to be doing. In Peter's case, it was failure. In Peter's case, it was like, I tried, I tried, I can't do it. And Jesus said, you can do it. And he dealt with Peter. And sometimes we can lose our purpose. I thought as, uh, as we conclude this message, I thought about some of the individuals in the word of God that kind of lost their purpose. Remember the first king of Israel? The name was Saul. Saul, you're going to lead the people. And he was head and shoulders above everybody. And he was the first king. And he was... Hey, people, well, we finally got a king. But David killed Goliath, and Saul got jealous. And his jealousy took over. And we read in 1 Samuel 19, in verse 1, And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. That was the remaining purpose of Saul's life from then forward. It wasn't leading God's people. It wasn't being an example for God's people. He allowed jealousy in his heart to take him from what God wanted him to do to determine that I'm going to go after David, and he did. He spent the rest of his life after David. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, the apostle Paul had worked with Demas. Demas had faithfully served alongside of the apostle Paul and and Paul's writing to his young preacher boy, Timothy, and he's concluding this letter. And he says this concerning Demas in 1 Timothy 4. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. 
You see, God used Demas to do his work, and the call of God on Demas was to serve God and was to be faithful and was to serve God in his church. But Demas let, not jealousy, he let the world get in. He saw the glitz and glamour of the world, and he decided, I'm going that direction. He lost his purpose. In Judges 16, Samson had a job to do, didn't he? Samson was a judge. He was called to lead God's people as well, and something got in the way. Lust got in the way. It came to pass, Judges 16 and verse 4, afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Solomon had a purpose too, didn't he? Solomon, the third king, David's son, had a lot of good examples, a lot of bad examples. We say the wisest man. I think Solomon was the wisest king. You think about the wisest man, you have to think, well, if he was that wise, why did he get in with all those women? You have to think about it. What was Solomon's issue? The Bible says in 1 Kings 11 and verse 1, but King Solomon loved many strange women. Peter could have been a shipwreck as well. Peter could have, the, 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 the life of Peter, the ministry of Peter could have ended right here in John 21. But Peter was willing to allow that time with Jesus to refocus him. Acts chapter 4, let's go back here and we'll finish. The songwriter wrote it this way, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I Love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, right? Lord, I don't want that. Acts chapter 4, God is using Peter in a great way. And our text verse, verse 13, they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant. They weren't educated in the rabbinical schools. They were educated with Jesus. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Peter allowed that time with Jesus to change him. Was he perfect? No, none of us are. But time with Jesus is absolutely vital. It will help us when it comes to our perspective, our perspective of ourselves, our perspective of how we view things. It'll help us with our priorities, with what's really important. I remember talking to somebody, and uh, it was a while back, and I said, hey, I said, how are your devotions going? They said, well, I really struggle having my devotions. And I think I surprised them with my answer. I said, well, I said, I, I don't think you have enough problems in life. I'm going to pray you have a few more problems. Went, huh? Because when you have a lot of problems, you get up, you have to spend time with Jesus. You say, I can't. i got to get in the Word of God. i got to hear from heaven our priorities. And then we think about our purpose. God has not called us. Yes, I think it's important to enjoy life, but that's not the primary purpose, is having fun, enjoying life. I think serving Christ should be the greatest life of all. I think enjoying what God has given us to enjoy as a Christian and impacting other, people's, other people is, is what, it, what it's all about. But sometimes our purpose Our purpose shouldn't be just getting through the day. Our purpose should be, Lord, here am I. 
here's my life. Lord, would you use me to fulfill your purpose through me today? Time with Jesus. I hope you'll be here next week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. I'll tell you this. The message that you think about missing is the one that you need, okay? It's the one you need. We're praying for Brother Ouellette, and I don't know what he's going to preach, but I know whatever he preaches is what I need. And we have opportunity to hear from the Word of God. I hope, number two, you'll spend time in prayer. And you'll say, Lord, would you speak to me in these meetings? I hope that we'll all spend time in the Word of God. I hope all of us will see the importance of time with him. We take for granted. We take for granted that we can meet. Somebody prayed in the prayer time this morning. Thank you that we can meet. I'm very thankful too. We take for granted that we have multiple copies of the word of God. And yet sometimes we don't access the privileges that we have. May God help us to see how important it is to spend time with Jesus. That was key in Peter's life. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the privilege that we have to gather here together. Thank you, Lord, that we have set aside a few days uh, to hear your word preached by your servant. And Lord, I pray that you would use him in our midst in a great way. Lord, we need revival. All of us know we need revival in the United States of America. Lord, I pray that our heart cry would be, revive me. Lord, would you start it with me? Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts now. I ask, Lord, that you would draw folks to yourself. I ask that you would be glorified. Our heads.